Welcome to the Code Locker, the Code Locker, where the hosts and guests will discuss real aspects of code enforcement from the locker room without bias. We'll talk about inspections, safety, community relations, debrief cases, and much more. This is for entertainment purposes only. The views expressed on this podcast reflect the opinions of the hosts and guests. They do not reflect the opinion of any department or entity. Now, grab a chair and your beverage of choice. Here are your hosts, Justin and Shane. Are you spilling stuff? Do you need well, it's like dripping. I'll get you an apron. <laughs> right there. So like I'm just looking. Can we get a bib on aisle two? Something. I don't know. It's ridiculous. Anyways, I'm back to where you're going. Well, I was gonna say is uh it's always interesting when I get a chance to talk to people that just started in a new gig, whether they've done code before or not, but starting a new gig and they, they're running into, you know, a new environment, uh, new yeah. cases, you know, trying to understand the lay of the land. And so uh, there's one guy that you and I were talking about that um, we both, you know, saw some conversation about and great guy, ex-law enforcement, got into code uh, for a pretty nice city. Um, but he's he got into that gig uh what a month maybe two months back and he's he's hitting it hard um great guy uh very motivated uh army of one because they only have one code officer for this small city um but he he's looking at you know cleaning up the town and i guess there's a lot of properties that are substandard uh red red tagged um so he's doing abatements and this guy is only one or two months into his job and he's crazy cleaning it up so and sometimes it, you got to hit the ground running. Yeah. You, know, you don't have no choice. If you're put in that position, you're just going to, you, you're going to figure it out and just go or not, I guess, you know, but good for them. Yeah. Good for that individual. I mean, that's awesome. Yeah. A lot of hoarding cases too. Um, oh, hoarders, dude. Those are messy. If you deal with hoarders, raise your hand. Okay. Oh, cool. looks like the whole at audience. Least, at least too. Yeah. Look at everybody out there. Thank you. I thank you. Thank input. you. Yes. Thank you participation hoarders is that's a whole man i got a funny story about hoarders so one agency we not everybody does this but it's receiverships i don't do you guys do that do you guys do receiverships we could but we we haven't really needed to but haven't needed to okay so um you know we would do that you know we would get maybe it didn't happen all the time but you know there'd be a couple incidences where it was it was needed and this house ended up being beautiful by the way the receiver um, contractor did a great job but when we went in there to this hoarding house you're talking those uh those jugs at the bottom when you go into 7-eleven and it's like the water jugs at the very bottom that are like a dollar yep you know the crystal geyser or whatever shout <laughs> out to crystal geyser um they were they were this house was full of those full of urine yeah, you know, just fecal matter everywhere. It couldn't even get in the kitchen. I mean, I'm six two. I walk into the doorway and I'm standing on a pile of debris in this house, and I can almost touch the ceiling. Mm-hmm. And it's just like it's crazy. And the bathtub just full of black muck, and just the plumbing didn't work. Come to find out, two motorcycles in that house, inside of it, brand new, under all of that stuff. Wow, a Harley and a street bike. <laughs> Wow. This guy had in there and it was just buried and we didn't even see it until like the contractor let us know and like showed it and like started clearing the stuff out. We had no idea. And it was, that, I mean, and it was funny because like PD wouldn't go in because the smell and stuff like that. And, you know, code people like, I got this. I don't know. 
I'll breathe in all this toxic stuff that's going to affect me later in my life. No problem. You know, but it was, it's a trip, man. Hoarders. It's, it's that's a whole different thing. That that reminds me of one that I had at my uh, previous year where they, we got involved, involved, I think towards the end, I think the, if I'm not mistaken, the owner uh, passed away. So they were trying to figure out next to Ken and who's going to take control of the property. But yeah. uh, we, we found out that in the garage and in the backyard under a bunch of debris, this guy had these three, like, I think 1950 something classic Jaguars. And <clears throat> it was like, like yeah, a whole car is back there. Forget it. Yeah. And one, well, one of them was like, uh, apparently I think pretty good condition. And so we were even Man. looking up the, the year and the model of it. And we were, I think some estimates were looking between the three cars. It was probably could be close to a half a million bucks. Like paying the house uh, off. <laughs> yeah. Oh, totally. And that's, and it was crazy. And we had some, I don't know if it was a family member or it was a friend of his that came to city hall at the counter saying that they had some written agreement with the guy that basically he took a loan out from them to help pay for his house or something. And that, you know, he owes them money and somehow they knew about the Jaguars. And so they're coming in and trying to get our approval of to tow the Jags did. out. Yeah. And I'm like, no, we're not going to, you know, unless you have yeah. a court order, we're not going to agree to that. <laughs> People coming out of the woodwork. Oh yeah, those are my three God. Jaguars. Yeah, we had an yeah. agreement 35 years ago. Those are mine. And uh, yeah, we don't have any paperwork on it, but it happened. Nothing against that individual. I'm just saying, like, we've all seen the shows and stuff like that. Come on. Like, let's oh, all classic. of a sudden, it's like you're trying to collect your money now. We're trying oh. to get like, I don't want to come in break. Yeah, those are yeah. mine, too. I'm part owner of those Jaguars. Yeah, me, too. I was like, those are I'm nice not even cars. a Jaguar guy. Yeah, those are mine. You're a young man. You're a young soul. Oh, old chap. I'm well, I'm, I'm already thinking about retirement. So oh, my God. mind's there. Yeah. Well, me too. And I have less time than you probably. Uh, um, yeah. And just so you guys know, this is kind of funny. How old are you, Justin? Uh, I am. I got a lady never tells their age. Um, I got to count my fingers. I'm uh 32. You. Wow. Okay. I know. I look like I'm 42. No, I, <laughs> <laughs> okay i'm i will be 36 in a couple of weeks that's funny that's yeah. i don't know why and just so people know it's kind of funny we've never met each other in person unless we've passed each other at some sort of like code enforcement event or conference and we just didn't really know it which is a possibility it is but um yeah just so you guys know it's we've never physically met i've never shook the hands of this gentleman that's also on this podcast with me look at that hand look at that thing dang so, flashing so, the hands yeah but <laughs> funny story about that that look 42 thing this past week i was doing some inspections you know writing up some notices making friends all that good stuff mm -hmm. and uh there was a a we'll call him homeless mm -hmm. okay homeless transient i know some people say hobo some people say bum whatever you want to call it right i mean obviously there's terms that are better than others <laughs> You know, we're political, but it, whatever. This isn't that. This isn't that podcast. So this individual, I saw him. They were kind of like freaking out, throwing water in a field. They had like bags full. It just kind of like if you're in code enforcement, the very like typical scene you would see, right, with that homeless individual, stuff all over. <laughs> and I see this person try to like, they start walking towards me. I'm like, oh god, I'm like hurry up, finish my notice, and like <laughs> I pull away but they get in the middle of the road and flag me down. And can you believe this individual who is down on their luck will say 
he starts talking to me and telling me all these stories. And if you know, you know, right. You know, I've been the last guy on this property. I used to do this and do that. And I've been married to so-and-so, you know, that's just just stories telling you stories that are relevant to nothing, nothing that you are having a conversation with them about this individual tells me, he's like, Oh, how old are you? Like 45, 46. And I was like, is this what I look like? 10 years older than what I'm like, I need to work on something here. I'm like, this is this guy down on his luck, probably nowhere to go. It just grilled me, you know, and he didn't even know it. And I didn't even correct him. I was like, Hey, if you, that's what I look like. That's what I look like. I guess that says a lot about me. You know, this is horrible. I felt so, I just was so deflated. Yeah. And that's so the then tough. I, so then I went and got a burrito. <laughs> You know, add and on to the case. And he got yeah, man. I was like, God, man, this guy is like, he's like, he's living in the streets and stuff like that. And I'm like, oh man, I got to get something together. This is horrible. Yeah. I'm not doing. I'm doing something wrong. It's funny about age. Yeah, I think everybody. Not 46, 35, soon to be 36. <laughs> in a couple, <laughs> couple of weeks, by the way. Birthday's coming up. We're gonna have to do a birthday bash. Uh, oh yeah. Get get some guests on here and do some shout outs. Oh yeah, we'll do a whole party. It's just. Bring some whistles. Yeah. Grown man birthday party. I don't even know how I feel about that. Birthday yeah. Parties I don't even like keep adults. track of my birthdays. Like, do people do that? I know people that do that, like birthday parties for adults. Oh, yeah. they go. Some people go. Unless like, it's all like out. 40, 50, like the big ones. Like, I mean, oh, I'm turning, uh, you know, 37. Yay. Like, yeah, party. 39. Yeah. What is year? Yeah. No. Like, we did that in synchronized. That was good. <laughs> yeah so, i don't know i mean what do you so you found some jaguars at your hoarder case what about yeah. like well, i mean what's your guys's big deal like you get a lot of horrors do you deal more with homeless stuff like what have you seen yeah luckily probably, it's probably different because you, you've worked at different agencies so it's probably and there, there's such a variety too i mean i've worked across three counties and um luckily pretty much all of my agencies we really haven't had a major hoarder you know issue where it's maybe one here one there right but um as you know out in the endland empire as we call it of of, uh, california uh we do get a lot of homeless camps and so forth so i was dealing a lot with that um we actually had one that was funny is we go out with uh pd and we actually uh they teamed up with county probation uh it was a joint thing where a probation officer rides with uh, pd like a couple times a week so the three of us were all going out into this like giant field where you look out there and all you see is just bushes. Like you don't see anything. It looks normal. And like, we walk out there. But the California, Southern California landscape, the shrub, yeah. shrub, you shrub know, and sand. Yeah, exactly. And, and we're, they're like, oh, they're out there. I'm like, what are you talking about? Is this like hills have eyes? Like what out is there. out there? It's like predator. He's watching us. You know, I'm like, he's in the trees. Oh, uh, I was like, what are we doing? And so we we go out like a good, I don't know, five hundred thousand feet, and sure enough, I kid you not, I think I got pictures somewhere, but these these nifty folks uh, went subterranean, and oh. they they dug out like underground rooms, and then they put like a tarp or boards on the as a roof. So it's flat with the sand and it's like they had, they jacked solar panels from, from Caltrans, the highway maintenance. So they had solar powered charging for their phones and their TV to watch DVDs on. And 
this is out in the middle of the desert, like subterranean. Um, and they even had like a little it's crazy uh, golf range set up with uh, wow. a tee off and, and golf clubs. Hey, man, just living their best life. It was nice. I was like, hey, you, know, you guys got vacancy? Gosh, there's a room here. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, it was it was pretty crazy. We had to use a big tractor to dig it all up and destroy it. Oh, man. Yeah, that's a shame. Photos. Yeah, well, there was one that was interesting. They Somehow they brought out like a, a fancy looking bathtub, like one I'd want in my house. Uh, like a claw foot bathtub? Yes, exactly. And... <laughs> They they dug it out in the dirt. Anybody who doesn't know it's a bathtub that's like up on the ground. So it's elevated, elevated. It's got um, feet on the four corners. They look like lion's feet or claws or whatever. Kind of so, fancy. Yeah, look it up. But he You'd be so, educated. <laughs> Get it for your bathroom because uh, yeah, those fancies had it. Yeah, jeez, if he's man, yeah, yeah. See, he, I'm really slacking between the 46 year old comment and this guy having a clawfoot <laughs> tub out in the desert. I'm I'm doing something wrong, dude. Uh, that's how I felt. This is not, this isn't it. This is maybe I need to oh. reevaluate my life here. But it makes you question some things because sometimes you look at these items and you're like, okay, we can't even get our four by four to this location. So we're like, like how did you get that out here? How did you get it here? And those things are cast iron. They're oh heavy. My gosh. I could, man, that's crazy. Yeah. It just makes you think like how the pyramids were built. Like how, how did the transit get this giant tub out in the middle of the desert? Bro, are we like, are we doing like conspiracy? Like, this is the conspiracy. Let's go down that that rabbit hole. Aliens and (laughs) ancient aliens. They built the pyramids and gave them the plans and Stonehenge and all that stuff. It's like, I don't know, whatever. Delivering bathtubs. Yeah, that's you're right. It's the Martians delivered this guy a a cloth of bathtub from the 40s. Sign me up. That's cool. I like it. But yeah, it's a. Luckily, my current city and some of my other cities uh, in this area that I've worked at, we don't really have major homeless issues. It's pretty much your typical unpermitted work and nuisance abatement stuff. So um, okay. pretty, pretty typical one-on-one code. Gotcha. Which is right. easy. Man, that's so funny. And, and it's funny because those times when you're out on that homeless camp or you're dealing with hoarders or whatever, those are... How do I want to wear this? Ah, just be straight up for code officers. Those are some of the funniest times that you'll have. Yeah. Right. Like nothing against the situation, that individual, whatever, when you're a code officer, this is like what you're dealing with on a daily basis. Well, I'll say daily, we'll average it out, but you and amongst your peers, those are some of the funniest times because the stories that come out of there, the things that you talk about your way of like releasing stress is like, you just, you know, you're just trying to find like the silver lining and the light in this whole situation. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I, I can just tell you some of the cases where we're doing big rental inspections and stuff like that. And it's kind of like maybe not the best area or it's okay, but just being in a group and hitting these units, unit by unit mm-hmm. by unit or doing these inspections, you come across the, like the, the craziest things and you just, you have to share them with your colleagues, like some super funny stuff, man. Like, you know, come and go into units and like knocking on doors and people answering the door with no clothes on, you know, stuff like that, you know, or just like seeing what people have in their, you know, I'm talking strictly rental inspections here. And like, you're going into units to do the interior. 
like we had a whole team that did this and we did these big like inspections, you would come across the craziest stuff. And it was the funnest times, man. It was just, it was because you're, you know, I'm a Yahoo. I work with some Yahoos. We like to make light of things and have fun and goof off. And it's like, you would come across the craziest things almost to the point where you'd be like, you do your inspection. You're like, Hey, hold on, hold on one second. Hold on. Let me, uh, let me, I need to get someone else in here to take a look at this. Hey, come here. Won't believe, and then they kind of, oh yeah, yeah, we're gonna help you look around, God, because it's fun, because it's like you're, you have to like you wouldn't, you couldn't explain witnesses, you, you yeah, you have to be like, hey, you have to look at this, so I'm not like, you know, in a weird position, or I'm not the only one seeing this, and it could be with construction stuff too, not even individuals and their lifestyles, right, right. I mean, it could be how you, you built know, something like, Oh my, Oh my God. Can you believe this person's living in this thing or like this? Like take, you need to come take a look at this because I need to make sure I'm looking at this the right way. I don't know, man. It's just the funniest. Well, that's you, you come across the, like, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. You, you, we tell stories and we try to tell people it's hard to understand unless you like see this stuff. It's a trip. Well, and sometimes it's, it's not just about the person, but it's like, you think of yourself like kind of like the bathtub in the desert. It's like, how in the heck yes did they come up with that like that's right where did that thought come from oh my and God. we we had one where the guy his water uh main broke uh to his house and see like actually- in general like I, I i don't even know where you're going i'm already smiling <laughs> because in general like that's a big deal you it know is. what i mean it's that's a, big a serious deal. Ended, but like continue but I- but and apparently he worked for some major governmental like engineering um, I won't name names, but uh, uh, a company that is involved in fighter jets Dude, and things it, like no, that. Just but uh, yeah, he's some smart engineer. Um, but what he decided to do, uh, because he had that mentality, was he wanted to do it himself. But he he never has done that before, repairing a water main. Right. So like, what oh, he I could did, do this. Yeah. What he did and how we got the complaint was we get this complaint that oh this neighbor has dug up his front yard. It's been like that for weeks. <laughs> Come check it out. So we get over there and he's got this trench that goes okay. from the house to the sidewalk and he's dug up the pipe. Okay. And then he's connected his garden hose from the, from the water main to his house. So he's from using, the meter to his house. Yeah. He's got the garden hose uh, because he didn't want to impede the traffic of the sidewalk. He strung it through the tree that overhangs the sidewalk. Stop, dude. Comes down the other side into the trench and runs to his house. It's a green garden hose. And apparently it's been like that for weeks and weeks. And it's so pre- we <laughs> pressure rating. Yeah. And, and it, it was been there so long that the dirt that he dug up oh had weeds growing out of it. We tell him like, hey, you need to pull a permit. You need to do this. You know, get moving you, on you this. Need, you need to do more. <laughs> we recommended a contractor, somebody that knows what they're doing. And then he wanted a nickel and dime. He questioned like whatever, what oh, each fee was on the God. permit. Like where, where's the authority for us to charge this? And so the building official was like, just, you know, just scratching his head the whole time dealing with like, this guy. Like, oh my he, and yeah, he was eccentric. He was an Man. eccentric person. Hey, garden hoses are intense, bro. Like they're used for everything. I've seen more garden hoses and extension cords used to like wire houses and get water to places that shouldn't have water. <laughs> well, I mean, I've seen people bypass meters that have been locked out with garden hoses. I'm sure you've probably seen something like that. You know, they take like a small section and they like completely bypass the meter somehow. Yep. And it's like, it's just, it's crazy. And it's people just, are, hey, garden hoses are tough, bro. 
like old school, great, something, man. Not this zero G garden hoses, these collapsible ones that, you know, <laughs> hundred feet down to like the size of a, you know, pound of, you know, hamburger meat. Right. No, it's like, oh man, that's bizarre. Yeah. And that's, those are the ones where it's like, you, you have your coworkers, you show them a picture when you back to the office, you're like, check this out. Like, yep. look what this person came up with. And it's, it's funny. Just, you know, sharing those stories of like, this is what our job, you know, deals with is not to punish people or go hard on people. It's just like, man, we come across some crazy situations we that we have to write that wrong. And it's just, uh, or yeah, or just like navigate the process with them. Yeah. Hold just, hands. Now, now we're talking, I'm thinking a couple of things like I remember. So I remember this hoarding case back to that. And the lady flagged us down, me and my partner, Dante was with him, flagged us down. Hey, we have this weird smell. <laughs> coming from they're like had one shared wall there were like condos or townhomes mm -hmm. garage was open you know like hey it's been like this for a long time you know knock on the door nothing kind of what's you know find out what's going on sure is stuff um <laughs> hoarder person had deceased inside oh I, but, up. but they um i think something happened and I don't know fire had been out there. I don't, I can't remember. I can't remember exactly now. It's throwing me off, but I'm trying to remember the sequence, but I know the dog was eating the person. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh. And, it, and same thing. I like, and this house had like vaulted ceilings and they had so much stuff that like I could almost touch the ceiling and they had like oh. 14, 15 foot ceilings. And it was like, there was stuff everywhere. That's what it was. They, um, they got the body out, but there was, the dog was eating the person. And oh, then no. they like, and then the neighbor contacted us. So I don't know if there was like the sequence was like PD or fire didn't call it. I don't know what the deal was. Like they didn't care about the hoarding part, but we ended up getting flagged down by a neighbor to come check it out instead of, you know, going through the proper channels, I guess. It was like, oh my God, what did we just step into? Like, you're right. crazy. <laughs> like, holy smokes. Well, I guess I, I feel fortunate. We have a really good uh, team with our PD and fire that our fire if they see anything that looks like hoarding or they think it is, yeah, they're they're sending us, you know, an email with details saying, Hey, you might get you guys might want to check this property out and yeah. they'll they'll hit us up. So it's it's nice to have that communication. Uh, yeah, throw me <laughs> off. Maybe, maybe it was, you know what? I think I don't remember now. Now it's gonna now it pisses me off. There was some sequence where it was either we got flagged, we found out it was a hoarder thing. We called that's what it was. We called cops and stuff and come to find out that there was a there was a body upstairs. That's what it was. Now I remember <laughs> we we checked this place out, you know, because the doors open and stuff. We're like, hey, what's going on? You know, we noticed all this stuff. And then it's like that. I mean, we called PD and that's what it was. They found the dog eating the lady upstairs. Oh, you know, but we had to deal movie. with the hoarder. Yeah. So, you know, oh, so. Oh man, that was a crazy one. And those are crazy things that yeah, code gets involved in. It's a trip, yeah, man. We get we come across things. Oh, and that's crazy because I, you know, I've heard stories where like code officers will be, they'll come for an inspection. They'll be the first ones to find a body. Yeah, uh, they'll find something that's going on. So it's it happens. It's yeah, another one like that rental inspection. I, I posted it, you know, a couple of weeks ahead of time. Let them know we'd be out there. I go to knock on the door, no answer, no nothing. I'm like, okay. Like sometimes people usually, if we let them know that we're showing up, they're going to be there or they'll call us. We give them an opportunity to like actual schedule, actually schedule an appointment. Excuse me. I come back later to like post my, Hey, sorry, we missed you is what we called it. Like, Oh, Hey, like mm -hmm. we didn't make contact show up PD fires there. I'm like, what the heck is going on? 
come and you know talk to like the sister or whatever and it's like the guy the guy was dead inside and so well, those- the, so unfortunately and like i said the joke was in the department that i killed this guy you know, I give him a heart attack because I was coming to do an inspection and he croaked the morning of our inspection. I hope. Yeah. I hope you didn't lose any sleep. Uh, feeling guilty. You know what, Dustin? Um, we could talk about it. You know, I'm I'm here. I did not. OK. Sad circumstances. Sad, yeah. Very true. But once for you, again, but for, you know, the job we do, it's like, hey, Shane killed this guy. You give him a heart attack. Didn't need to Come do on, Shane. I know. I'll All give right. people a hard time. Try not to. Those are hard cases, honestly. The every city I've been at, that's those are the tough ones. When you get a deceased owner, especially when there's like no next of kin that's like around. You're talking, you're talking like process wise. Process wise, like trying like, to get like go through like outside of someone passing away, but now you've got to go down the road of a vacant house. title searches and a vacant house. Yes. Yeah. Nightmare. I had one that was like. It was vacant lot, no no structure, but people were illegally dumping on it like week after week. Code's like, oh, we've you know been dealing with this for a couple of years, and I'm like, well, have we found the owners? And they're like, well, we think we think they might be dead. We don't know for sure. So we start doing some more searching. We have some pretty cool software programs that we use to help. From our background program that we have that PD uses, it it did appear that the husband and wife apparently did die um, at some point a few years ago. Okay. And so there's no next of kin. There's no new ownership on the property. So, I mean, it just sat there because they didn't know where to take it because the owners are confirmed dead. What are we supposed to do? So what I did after I went to this kind of cool uh, class uh, a few years ago, presented by a gal that I actually worked with at a city, but it's called Skip Trace. Uh, okay. And it's like a, it's like tips on how to like just search people like using common methods like Google and stuff like I've, that. Yeah, I've heard of that. So I, I started playing around with it. I Googled them and come to find out that the, the guy uh, was a retired dentist in the 90s and he okay. had a practice like a mile down the road from this vacant lot. And it looked like his partner is, has taken over the firm. So I went by there and I'm like, hey, I'm with code. You know, do you know this guy's name? Right. And so they get me in contact with the owner. He says, yeah, he passed away f- a few years ago. Um, we don't really have any connection. So I'm like, okay, dead end. But then I did a Google search of this guy's name, did some digging and just a lot of Google searching and come to find out that I guess one of his uh, children, I think a son was involved in some lawsuit um, a few years ago. Hmm. And I was able to find from the lawsuit documents, the attorney's uh, contact info. So I called up the attorney and he's like, yeah, they're close family friends. I told him, I was like, we're having this problem with this vacant lot. And sure enough, like not even two, three days later, it, it was the five foot grass was cut, trash gone, and every day going forward, it was maintained. And it was right. like just from Google searching, finding some lawsuit that was filed and calling an attorney, I was just able had, to find. Yep. Just had to find that person. Right. And it's just, you, you have know, to put that just, time that's in. That's it. Yep. And sometimes there's cases like that. There's probably a lot of people, you know, I say a lot of people like we have all these people, um, you know, this, you know, people are going to come across this possibly. And, you know, a lot of cases are like that. You know, they just take a long time to get any, any traction with true. You know, that's why I call it any traction, like any, anything that's going to at least get you to a point where you can start working on the case. We have a lot of tools as code enforcement, but a lot of times there's only so much we can do, you know, like legally, Mm -hmm. you know, you still got to notify people. You got to get people due process. You got to go through the whole thing. We can't just like, you know, indiscriminately start handling stuff or doing things on our own that we're not legally allowed to do. 
you know, so sometimes they take a while. Well, and that's, and that's the politics of it too, is I had one where the city manager and council is telling me tomorrow you need to go cut down this dead tree in somebody's backyard because the neighbors are complaining it's going to fall in their house. I'm like, well, per code, our municipal code, our, we have an abatement section that said for civil abatement uh, for something like that, we have to provide a 15-day notice to give them a chance to appeal or, or yeah. make their case. Yeah, you got to give people a heads up. You do. And but I, you know, I felt like my job was on the line, like, cause technically I was at will, um, but I was, you know, feeling this pressure that they wanted done in 24 hours. And I said, well, the best I can do, and the city attorney luckily backed me up on this was we post it, give them the 15 day notice to abate. And then on day 16, uh, we go to the court and get our warrant to, to do it ourselves. Abatement so fine. You know, luckily they, they were okay with it. So yeah, day 16, we got a warrant went into the property, cut this giant hundred uh, foot tree down. Um, and I mean, it costs, I think 10 or 12 K to do all the work, which, there you know, is. we, we pursued um, civil side of things to get that money back from the owner. Right, but right. Um, yeah, there's so the owner just didn't want to do it. Uh, well, they claimed being. initially they didn't have the money. Um, hey, I, <laughs> I could see that though. Yeah. You know. I mean, it's, ten to twelve k. I mean, with a I couple couple Mercedes yeah. Benz in the driveway. Well, okay. Well, they, they seemed pretty good. A couple Jaguars. Yeah, a couple Jags. It know. was just interesting. I, I'd say your your we'll say the average person you can't come up with ten grand though. I, I agree. I agree. You know, so I mean, there, there's there's ways to go about it too. So you talk about politics a little bit. There's a little yeah. political side of it. What are things that you like and don't like about code enforcement? That's deep. Um, I put you on the spot. Like and dislike. Well, politics has got to be, I think, hands down, uh, one of the like worst. A, a dislike. Yeah. It, I don't know if there's really a good thing to politics, because that's what the term is, is, is just pure politics, uh, bureaucracy. Uh, that's everything from starting a case on somebody that knows the mayor or some council member. And, you know, they tell you to basically try to uh, just close the case and, and leave to you know, asking for budget or um, equipment and yeah. even if the money's there, they just don't think you need it. Um, so politics really kind of rags on, on the job. Um, I think the, the good stuff is, you know, seeing cases get closed is one of the biggest rewards um, working with people that, you know, truly, you know, want to help yeah. and working together and seeing that, you know, we're doing something good. Uh, it's very rewarding. So politics is, is, is sad but part of the job i've i've luckily worked at some of the cities where the the politics you, you finish that pretty quick not really i mean it's my first one i started late today too yeah you're gonna have to top off yeah but yeah politics uh i've worked with some councils and and folks that it's it's pleasant you know you're not getting ragged on they support you they show support politics is can be very bad at a lot of places yeah politics i think obviously play a role especially with like government yeah i mean that's what it is so i mean there's there's good and bad that can come from certain situations i think it's the i don't even know if this makes sense but it's the like agendas and stuff the personal agendas and the goals and missions of individuals that make it bad like their own political agenda that make the overall politics bad. You know what I mean? If that makes sense. So I, I think it serves its place, but it's the problem is it's, it goes from serving the good of the people 
you know, or the community or, you know, if we're talking small politics to, you know, what benefits me, mm-hmm. which sucks, you know, cause then it's, it's kind of pointless, but I'll be honest, man. Some of that stuff though, I don't know how you feel, but I can playing the game sometime is an interesting, <laughs> is an interesting thing. It kind of makes me chuckle. It's kind of like just you did. Right. Cause you know, right. Like you've done it. Yeah. So like there, there's sometimes there's like this, I say playing the game and not to make anything light, but there's this like almost like mental tug of war that's happening and trying to get things like approved or accomplished or like trying to change ordinances or whatever you're trying to do. And there's like this, like, there's like this little cat and mouse kind of like, you know, Hey, how far can I push something? How far can't that, you know what I mean? Like, and there's like psychology of people you're diving into a lot of different things, but there's like this game of, you know, getting things done. So I think the game thing is like interesting to me. I don't like the personal agenda part of code enforcement. Um, I, I don't like, we talked about this last episode, um, people in leadership positions that are just to be in leadership positions. Exactly. So I, I don't like that part of code enforcement. I absolutely love the community part. I love the overall mission. If you just take a snapshot of code enforcement in general and try to give like the most basic definition of we're there for the people and for the community, right? Exactly. All everything. I don't care what pillars you have and all that other garbage. I have four. Um, you know, you have four pillars. I do. Who said? Oh, well, what? Hey, Jason, the seven C's. The seven um, C's. The seven C's. <laughs> um, <laughs> but like, I mean, all that stuff is good, but like the very basics of like code enforcement, we're, we work for a community and we're trying to make the community better. Okay. So I think the best things about code enforcement are that part and, and the camaraderie amongst your team and the people and the people that you meet and the people that you work with, you know, that to me, that's like the best part because it's such a unique field that mm-hmm. no one else is going to understand it. Like your team does people that, that do it. Can't you agree that at pretty much every city you've worked at that you and the crew know kind of certain people by name because they're either they complain about everything or they're always got a violation of their property that everybody knows like oh that's john smith the guy that of course and, and there's always those people always, in especially if yes especially if you've been somewhere long enough yeah you're like oh man i've been talking to this guy for five years you know the there's heavy always a problem there's always a situation or this guy's a a land baron in the city or county or whatever like we got to deal with this guy or you know or whatever there's always the there's always players in whatever city you have there's some players involved outside of like your city council yep or like your county what do they have county they're not city council it's uh super uh, supervisors or supervisors or whatever like there's people amongst the community that are also players as well outside of your own local government, like exactly. big time, big time. That's why I was talking about like the game thing. Like if, if you're, you're apt to it and you enjoy that type of thing, you can kind of see like where the pieces, you know, move like a chessboard sometimes. You're like, oh, oh it man, is like, this is interesting. So, yeah. and you just take it and you just do it and you do it to the fullest and it's just is what it is. It's great. Yeah. Very unique personalities. And, you know, our job, like you said, is very unique. The politics that we work with, the types of uh, personalities that we interact with on a daily basis, we have a mission, you know, in our heart to, to do the, you know, good things and, and help the community that we serve. But we just go for this roller coaster ride every week that we go to work. And 
Um, and I think it's very important, you know, as we, we keep talking about is the teamwork, uh, talking to each other, swapping yeah. stories, laughing. We need to keep things lighthearted because it, it could be every day. It could be every week where you're getting that call, where you're getting yeah. cussed out and you just need to have that, that downtime to decompress. Yeah. And I hope this episode was like, when people hear it, it's good for them. Yeah. You know, because we, we wanted to have do like a, like a story time intermission, kind of just us talking about all sorts of stuff, really, you know, just our experiences and trading stories back and forth. Cause it's, I mean, that's really what we, we kind of do. We're, you know, after we do these cases, we're storytellers. Like we've experienced things that people will never understand. Right. You know, it's, it's just, I don't know. I'm glad, I'm glad we were, <laughs> we were able to do this. This is, this was a good one. This is, yeah, fun. this is good. I like it. So it's a, you know, yeah, good more, little more, more in the future. Yeah, we'll definitely uh, have more stories. Uh, we got to start writing a book about all these different things that we come across. Good, that's for sure. And I think uh, in the future, we're going to have other code officers on. Yeah, we yeah. yeah. Jason, sure. who's a fire captor, fire captor. What I don't even know what that is. Captures, captures fire. the fire. He has like Pokemon Go for firemen or something. Um, you like that? You'd be laughing so hard. <laughs> hey, right I'm, now. I'm telling you what, man, I get, I get rolling. People that know me. I get rolling on certain things and I come up with stuff that are completely, you know, maybe that's why I'll never be a supervisor or like in a crazy management position because I'm just too ridiculous, dude. But uh, yeah, no, I, you know, we, we've had the fire captain on Jason. The goal would be to get other code enforcement professionals on here from different kind of like disciplines. We'll say it, you know, they have their own way of doing things and then we can straight a lot of these stories back and forth. So if you guys like this stuff, like on our Facebook page, comment on, you know, I, can, I don't even know if you can comment on Spotify, can you? I think you just give it stars. I don't know. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, we're on Apple Podcasts. Like, let us know what you want to hear. Let us know what you like, don't like, all that good stuff. And it's just, we'll, we'll take it. I mean, we're just going to run with this thing as far as, as long as we want to, really. Yeah, I think if anybody's interested uh, from across the country, we love to swap stories and kind of hear maybe examples and things that we're not aware of that you deal with that, yeah, uh, especially through our Facebook, you can shoot yeah. us a message or a comment. Uh, or if you're willing to, to be on, yeah, you know, some people don't want to do this because they're they're scared or whatever. But if you're willing to, you know, call in, you know, call in like oh, call in the radio. Yeah, we'll patch you through. Well, yeah, we'll, hey, like, hey, get on that. Uh, what's his name? I forgot that intern's name. We have Jeremy. Get on that, Jeremy. Jeremy. Um, so um, yeah, no, we just I don't know. This is, we'll, this we'll is, hide your name and you know change your voice witness protection it, this, program yeah this is like one of those crime shows yep so that'd nobody be cool. will know yeah nobody will know unless you got a mustache like me then they'll know that'll be pretty obvious yeah you gotta grow one now see? i know now the pressure's on you gotta have a mustache Dude, this thing is well when you're as old as i am <laughs> when you're approaching 46 this is what happens i mean we'll put this on facebook one day but i mean look it's coming in good I love it. My wife gives me a hard time. This is totally off topic now, by the way, this doesn't matter. Um, my wife is like, can you shave that thing? Cause like, I can't even see like your lips. Like when I close, <laughs> like they just disappear. I mean, I'll, I'll go against what's his name. Tom Selleck, Burr Reynolds. I mean, let's go. We should I mean, have, I, yeah. I, I, do a mustache I, competition. Let's do it. I'm, I'm in dude. Let's it's put that on the, on the Facebook. Yeah. Any firefighters out there? Cops. Let's hey, bring oh, it. They got, um, they'll hey, have let's it. Let's go. No, 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 no. I'm not giving in like that. No, they, they got to come step up to me. Oh, Competition's cool, on. Hey, well, this is good. It's been good, man. It's been real good.
we definitely live way closer than we work. That's very true. So the likelihood of us seeing at the local gas station is, is greater than, you know, than us coming across each other at, uh, at work. That's for sure. Yeah, I'll see you at the uh, the pumps at uh, 650 a gallon. Oh, Do you have some change, please? Dude, I don't even, man, it's kill. It's sucks. Yeah. Cause I'm, I'm, I'm driving a truck. Ouch. It's not, it's not fun. 2,500 dude. I guess my Fiat is Ran better. 2,500. I got my, my Fiat will be better on the gas. Is that what you're driving? You're driving Fiat? <laughs> Hell no. Oh, okay. Uh, I don't know if I'd even fit in one of those little things. Golf carts. I wouldn't. We're like so off topic. This is great. <laughs> so it's all right, dude. Another great one for the books today. All right, man. What's our catch line? Raise your glasses. I change it every time, right? You like this cup? Someone got That's me pretty this. Cool it's cup. from uh, Montana. I think it's oh, nice. There's a fish on there. That's pretty cool. Yeah, pretty dope, right? Shout nice. out to uh, Corbin and Brandon who got me this cup. You know who you are. Oh, used to be our neighbors. They moved to Hawaii. Oh, so lucky. <laughs> yeah. So till next time. Till next time. Thanks for joining us on The Code Locker. Be sure to message us for questions or topics you'd like to hear. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. Remember, friend, stay safe out there.